Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I am Dallas Robinson. He is Jay Morrison. Jay, we are in a much different place than we were when we did this podcast last week before <laughs> the Ravens game. Obviously, since we've spoken last, Joe Burrow suffered a season-ending wrist injury out for the rest of the season. Jake Browning is now the Bengals starting quarterback as we head into this week 12 game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we don't, we don't know where to go from here, frankly. I mean, it's it, it's totally it's a totally unknown situation. It, it, it changes how we're going to talk about the team. It changes how the Bengals are going to move forward throughout the season. Where do the Bengals go from here, Jay? I mean, what are your just right off the top? What are your thoughts on where this team kind of stands for the rest of the season without Burrow under center? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. It's it, who knows. I mean, that they're not. I don't think this offense is going to look markedly different. They've talked about that, that that they're not going to dumb it down, that that Jake, yes, this is his first NFL start. Last week was his first meaningful NFL snaps. He's been here for three years. He knows that playbook inside and out. Um, He doesn't obviously have the talent that Joe Burrow has, but his mind is very much on par with Joe Burrow's where he sees things and reacts quickly and, and understands the concepts that they're, that the defense is trying to throw at him. He just doesn't have the time on task dealing with it and, and dealing with the disguises and all that. But, but he's a really bright guy. He's a super confident guy. It's almost, uh, you know, sometimes it, it seems out of place or not warranted for someone that hasn't done something. Um, it, it's not, that it's it's not off-putting but it's just you know we we first got the the real glimpse of it uh that week three game against the rams when it Mm -hmm. looked like burrow was not going to play in that game and and jake was talking about this life sentence on the practice squad and and how he's ready for this that he he was he's thinking about getting out of football and going into coaching and and he gave it one more shot and he beat out Trevor Simeon and and, he made a 53 for the first time. And he just, he has this incredible confidence about him. And, you know, I, we we saw some things in that game against Baltimore that, that lead you to believe that, that he's, he's not going to go out there and play scared. And yeah, it's a steep climb. It's, I mean, you're asking for a lot to, to have this offense and it's not like the offense was humming, but to, to keep things going and keep them in it, you're asking a lot, but I mean, I think people do this all the time. They they think that the Bengals are Joe Burrow, and he's obviously the face of the franchise, a huge reason why they've had success. This is a really good roster, mm-hmm. um, a really good a set of offensive weapons around him. So I I don't know. I just I'm I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat as Zach Taylor. I'm excited yeah. to see what this is going to look like all, all across this league this whole year. I mean, we we've seen quarterbacks 10 quarterbacks in in their first year either rookies or first years play and have won games this year that's the most in nfl history we still got six weeks to go i mean jake browning could be number 11 tim boyles could be number 12 it's just i don't know why it is the case but it seems like backups are better suited these days to to go in and, and not miss a beat and you know win five out of seven six out of seven make the playoffs that's asking a lot but just funnel it down to sunday against the steelers and I think Jake Browning gives him a chance to win this game. Yeah, we'll get into all of this around Jake Browning because Jay and I are going to give you our top reasons to keep watching this team throughout the rest of the year. And I think there are some. I don't think this is like we have to come up with these silly reasons to keep watching this team. I think there are plenty of reasons to keep watching the Bengals. I Do I think they could have a chance against the Steelers? Yeah, I do. And we'll get into that too. But it's a steep drop from Joe Burrow. And I yeah. think – as excited as we are to maybe see what Jake Browning can do and see what this coaching staff can do. It's so hard to say that like, this isn't devastating for this season, at least Mm -hmm. if only because the expectations were so high, right? You've got T Higgins in a contract year. You've got other players in contract years. You've got Joe Burrow potentially lining up to, to post an MVP season. It looked like before he got hurt in the, in the training camp, Bengals were a popular Super Bowl pick, right? So to go from from those high expectations where this could be the number one seed, this could be a 14-win team in the regular season to, okay, we're at 5-5, five and five, we're at the backup quarterback for the rest of the season. With the NFL's hardest schedule remaining on the uh, slate coming up, it, I can understand how it feels like we're doing a eulogy today, right? It feels mm-hmm. like the season is is collapsing. I don't think we're there yet, as we'll get into in just one second. I don't think we're quite there yet, but you can understand how it feels like, you know, the season is over. It can we can understand how that feeling is there. 
Yeah, I mean, I I I guess I can understand it because you, you just like you said, it's such a steep drop, and Burrow is so much to this team. But on the other hand, you, we're talking about a team that's five and five with forty one percent of the season left to go, and and a hard schedule. I mean, everything's lined up against them, but it's the NFL. I mean, you never know what you're going to get week to week, and again, it's a this team didn't get to back to back AFC Championship games on on Joe Burrow alone, and. You know, this this puts a little more pressure on the defense. Maybe that's the kick in the pants they need to get going. Um, and, and and what they've all said about other players kind of elevating their games around to kind of raise Jake Browning up. Mm-hmm. And another big thing is, you know, Joe Burrow has value beyond what he does on the playing field. And and you didn't really see it his rookie year. He went down with the ACL because he went out to California, had the surgery, was rehabbing. He wasn't yeah. around. He's going to be around for this. He's going to be Jake Browning's biggest advocate and – you know, kind of that go between between the coaching staffs, kind of a coach on the field or on the sideline uh, when he's coming off after series and tell him what he's seeing. So I, I think there's still value that Burrow's going to bring to this field, even to this team, even though he's not playing. Um, but you just you feel for that guy in particular. I I, I feel mm-hmm. worse for Joe Burrow than I do the fans. Uh, sorry, fans, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is it, it's just it's got to be crushing. It's 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 one thing after another with him. It's just you, you don't want to. I, I don't know. It's been so many fluky things that I don't know that you you, you go to that injury prone label yet. But it, it is just uncanny how this guy is in year four and he's never had a fully healthy mm-hmm. season. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about that in, in training camp next year, you know, barring any kind of setback that finally he gets a fully healthy year. Yeah. Um, you, you certainly hope that for him because he's played so well through all these other things. Just imagine what he and this team can do if he gets that one healthy season. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen a little bit of, of comparisons of Joe Burrow to Andrew Luck on social media, and mm. you know, questioning whether is, is he going to go down the same path as Andrew Luck. I, I don't think so. Joe, Joe Burrow seems like the most competitive person alive. <laughs> it seems like he just absolutely yeah. loves football. Yeah, it, it's terrible that he's had all these injuries every single season of his career, and I think we're all excited to see what he could do without having those nagging problems, right? And not having to worry about those issues every single training camp and, and throughout the regular season. But yeah, I, I don't think there's any any question that Joe Burrow, assuming he's fully healthy heading into next season, is, is going to be right back mentally where he was heading into this season too. Yeah, and the thing um, about Luck too is that people want to talk about the the accumulation of the hits and the punishment mm-hmm. he took. And, you know, Zach Kiefer at The Athletic did an incredible podcast on, yeah. on what happened with him. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't that physical toll of getting beating up, beaten up. It was the mental strain of having to face another rehab and another rehab. And I don't think you have to worry about that with Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. He he kind of embraces it. He takes it as another challenge and yeah, it's the last thing he wants to do, but he's going to do it full bore. And, you know, I don't know how strenuous or how taxing a a wrist injury rehab is going to be, but I don't, I can't imagine it's going to be anything close to, to what the ACL was and you know even the appendectomy that was just it was it was time consuming he lost a lot of weight but it's not a it's not a grueling thing to come back from I think the calf mm-hmm. took a lot out of him but I don't I, I wouldn't put him in that that same boat with Andrew Luck and even when you just talk about the punishment alone Andrew Luck was a guy that when he took off he looked for contact he was trying to trip yeah. linebackers and and he, he invited a lot of that and, and and burrow will stick his head down there and get the extra yard from time to time but he's gotten a lot smarter as he's mm-hmm. he's gotten older in his career and he, he gets out of bounds he slides so um, i get it you, you just look at the numbers and and you see that comparison but i i think it's closer to apples and oranges than it is apples and apples the thing about burrow is that he's got that great pocket movement kind of like tom brady where he's not going to be taking these huge blindside hits right He's able to kind of subtly move around the pocket and be aware of pressure that's coming his way. I don't think you have to be concerned about him long term. I think these kind of injuries that he's had, I don't know if you call them freak injuries, like you said, but they're not things that you're, I think, recurring and recurring in nature that you're going to have mm-hmm. to be worrying about year after year. So I think that's a positive, right, is that Joe Burrow, he's going to be able to mitigate some of these problems that he's had and he's not. I don't think it's going to be a thing where every single year we're saying, what's coming next? What's coming next? Could another freak injury happen? Yes. But I don't think it's going to be like an annual problem we're going to have to worry about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that, that happens. It was, yeah. it, whether he was feeling anything before the game or not, if there's anything to the compression glove, I, I don't know. But, I mean, to have Jadavian Clowney fall on your wrist um, 
And he, like he said, he didn't even think anything of it right. until he threw the next pass and felt the pop. And so, you know, fluky freak things are like that are going to happen. They are starting to mount with him, but I, I don't, I don't think you have to worry. It's things like, you know, the hamstring injuries and those that sure. kind of seem to linger and you get over and over again. Um, that's, that's the stuff that I, I think you worry about. And, you know, we're talking about pinkies and throats and mm-hmm. appendix and it's just, yeah, maybe he's snake bitten in some way, but yeah. again, it's, it's something that, um, you know, he's, I, I don't think you have to worry about his mental capacity to, to fight through this and, and keep playing the game um, and, and just throw the whole, the contract out. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. say, Oh, he got paid. And that, that has nothing to do with it. This is, this would have knocked anybody out yeah. for the season. Yeah, definitely. All right. We're going to get into 10 reasons to keep watching the Bengals, because like we said, there are still reasons to keep watching this team. So Jay and I have come up with five reasons each to keep watching this team. We have not shared them with them. So I came up with some extras, Jay. I don't know if you did. I don't want any repeats here. I want five answers each. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to tell you about the PFN Merchandise Store. It's open just in time for the holiday season. We've got hats, we've got shirts, we've got sweaters, we've got everything you want for the football fan in your life. Make sure you come to pfnmerch.com before the holiday season. Take advantage of Black Friday deals. Go to pfnmerch.com. Get that gear for the holiday season. Why not? I'll, I might be wearing some next episode. Who knows? We'll, we'll just have to see. You'll have to tune in next week to find out. pfnmerch.com. Make sure you, you head there today before Black Friday. Jay. Get us up if, uh, you know, if Jake Browning has a great, I mean, we don't have a Jake Browning shirt in there not right yet, now, but yet. I mean, I'm sure if someone can come up with a clever slogan uh, for, for Jake Browning and, and he has a big game, you know, maybe, maybe you'll see your own thought come to life on the uh, PFN merch. It, it very, it very well could happen. I, who doesn't want to wear a Jake Browning shirt, right? <laughs> for the, for your, all of your holiday parties this year, show up with a Jake Browning sweater. Why not? <laughs> Jay, I think there's still some reasons to watch this team. I, I've come up with quite a few, but I'm, I'm going to give you the honors. I'm going to give you the honors here. Elder, you know, elders first. That's how we work on this show. <laughs> so what is your top reason? Or did, no order. Mine aren't necessarily in order, but what is, what is one of your top reasons to keep watching this Bengals team for the rest of this 2023 season? Because the season's not over and, and it's football. I mean, what else are you going to do on a Sunday? You're going to, you're going to watch football. You're going to watch the Bengals. It, it drives me nuts where the, you know, the amount of people that were saying the season's over after the Houston loss. I just, why are you even a fan in the first place? It's, I mean, it's like the, the people that get up and leave a game early and stomp off and pout. And it's like, it's, there, there, it's just, I don't know. I, I think, I guess that's a product of the Bengals getting good. And now you got a lot of bandwagon fans that jump yeah. on and now they're kicking themselves because things are going South and they, they latched onto a team that they thought was going somewhere and maybe hits a bump. It's just, I don't get it. It's, it's just, you know, if, if you're a fan of a team, it's it's interesting to watch that team no matter what's going on. And and it's it's not like, OK, they're they've been eliminated from contention and we, I'm going to watch just because it's uh, just because it's football. I mean, they're, they're five and five. The last two years, they were five and four. So they're one game off. There's 41 percent of the season left. You're, you're seeing an AFC. Baltimore now looks like the class. I mean, three straight games the Chiefs haven't scored in the second half that that offense just is not the same um I mean is there any team that if the Bengals find their way into the play even Baltimore I mean if 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 Burrow didn't get hurt in that game that that might have been a totally different game obviously they're not gonna have Burrow if they play in the playoffs but is there any AFC team that the Bengals could play in the first round where you would say they have no chance to win if they if this team can get back from five and five figure out a way to get in I mean, it's it's still it's a quality roster. It's a a quality team. They're missing their biggest piece. There's still a lot to watch. There's there's still a lot of intrigue. Um, and, and I'll get into more of the the, the smaller pieces there that mm-hmm. to funnel in on. But just in the in the big picture of it, there's a lot of football left. And 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 people do this all this time. This knee jack jerk re- reaction where it's over and and. I just I don't get it. It's yeah. if you like sports, stick with it. Let it play out. Nobody wants to listen to a pessimistic powder just whining and crying about how bad things are for their favorite team. Just watch the game and either shut up or cheer. But quit <laughs> complaining. It's driving me crazy. I don't know if that was a shot at my pessimism from earlier on this team, but I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm taking it that way. I'm taking that as an insult. Uh, no, I had no. I had this as one of my is is one of mine too, I, and I I phrased it as could they actually make the playoffs? 
Now, there's obviously a, a cap on where they could go, right, with Jake Browning under center. I mean, is this team going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't think so. Could they sneak into the playoffs? Potentially. It, it, it's possible. The schedule is incredibly difficult. That's right. But like you said, the AFC is very jumbled. There's lots of backup quarterbacks playing ar- around around the conference and the league. I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, we'll know a lot more once we see Jake Browning play a full game on Sunday. I mean, I think we'll have a better sense of whether this team is going to be able to do anything or not. But yeah, I definitely had that on the list is why why keep watching? You're a Bengals fan. What, what else are you going to do on Sundays? You've mm-hmm. got, this is your team. You know, this is your team. There's plenty of stuff to watch. We'll get into the other details too, but I, I don't think the season's over. If this was week 14, 15, and, and Joe Burrow was was gone and, and the Bengals were clearly out of the playoffs and you wanted to go do some other stuff on Sundays, I would understand that. But in this position, I, I think it's a little early for that. So I, I would agree with you, and I had that on my list as well. I was not uh, taking a shot at your pessimism, and I don't have with anybody's <laughs> pessimism or doubt or any of that. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. It's not likely. But to say definitively it's over and just throw your hands up, I yeah. just that part I don't get. There's no you, point to doing that. Yeah, there's really no point to doing right. that. It, right. All, now, all you do yeah. is make – I mean, if, if you're right, well, it's like, well, yeah, everybody thought that. And if yeah. you're wrong, you look stupid for, exactly. for bailing out. So just, I mean, say it doesn't look good. Say it's yeah. a long shot. Say uh, it's a bummer. Yeah. But don't – Accept the reality. Say, but yeah. Yes. Don't yes. say the season's over yeah. as a matter of fact when they're 5-5 five and five and there's 41% yeah. of the season left. Right. Okay, I, then I will save my more negative uh, choice for later <laughs> then after this discussion. Let me start with my with a little more positive one. I think Jake Browning might be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't know. We don't know. The Bengals staff is very confident in him. They said the offense isn't going to change at all. They say that, you know, he prepares every week like he's going to be the starter. You mentioned earlier that he's beyond excited to get this chance. Obviously, he doesn't want Joe Burrow to suffer an injury, but... How could he not be excited to go out and start an NFL game and get this chance with a really good roster around him? I think he's going to get the chance to solidify himself as maybe the long-term backup on this team. I mean, he's an exclusive rights free agent going into next year. That means he will be a Bengal if the Bengals want him to be a Bengal. He can't go anywhere else. Mm. He's a restricted free agent the year after that. So that's two more years under contract that you could have a really cheap backup if Jake Browning takes the rest of this season and kind of shows that he could do something and maybe come in for a game or two if Bro got hurt again. Long term, he's got the chance to make himself an NFL career yeah. on this slate, right? He could play 10 years. He could get an NFL you know, retirement pension check down the line. You see guys go out and have one or two good games, and they're set up for the rest of their life with generational wealth, right? This is absolutely an opportunity for him. On the other side, if he doesn't look good, the Bengals have to think about prioritizing a veteran backup quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. This is something they haven't done, you know, in recent seasons. You look at next year, you've got Jacoby Reset, Josh Dobbs, Gardner Minshew, Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold. I think if, if Jake Browning goes out and, and doesn't play well over the rest of this season, not only will I, I don't even know if he'll start the rest of the season, it depends on how, how long his leash is. I would be very surprised if the Bengals don't go out and sign one of those guys next year. If if Jake Browning doesn't look good the rest of this year, so we're gonna get it. We're gonna get an evaluation on Jake Browning. I think over this over the rest yeah. of this year, good or bad, I think that'll give the Bengals a sense of how they want to move going forward at the at the backup position at least. Yeah, I, I know you didn't want to do repeats, but I, I mean, I had Browning on there too, obviously. And there's there's a couple things that you know people saw the preseason games and they're like, ah, you know, mm. he's he, he's not that good. What people forget is he was playing with a second-string offensive line and second-string weapons, and what he showed in the preseason wasn't necessarily what he and this offense can be. Hmm. And it's it's not just this year. Last year, you know, last year with the appendectomy, Browning got way more reps in camp with those guys than, than he would have had Burrow been healthy. Same thing this year with the calf. Him and Trevor Simeon splitting one snap snaps with the ones. You know, he didn't light it up in practice, but there were days when th- this offense with Jake Browning running it ha- got the better of lose defense, a- and yeah. they looked really good. And I don't think that I don't think that this is going to be you know something similar to what we saw in the preseason. I think this he's going to be able to move this offense. They're gonna they're gonna be able to make plays, and it's it's going to be fun and interesting to watch. He's 
it's just it's crazy the the amount of plays he makes, the way he scrambles around and and I mean what four rushes for 40 yards in yeah. that Baltimore game and and that's really what kind of opened eyes in, in last year's preseason was the plays he made with his feet and then on the run, not just running for yards, but making throws on the yeah. run. And so I do. I I mean that that is a big thing. Just uh the unknown factor, number one, and then the number two, the potential. Where yeah. yes, he he could really be an exciting quarterback and and do some things that maybe people don't expect him to do. I think that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think he has a chance to to kind of solidify himself in that number two role heading into next season. Um, Jay, what's your number two? What's your number two reason to keep watching these Bengals? Well, Browning was there. He was my two. Cool. Uh, this one kind of le- plays off of that, but I, I, I think the. It's going to sound crazy, but I, I think you have a chance to see more spectacular plays now because Joe Burrow just he became this, you know, this just this surgeon and, and just, yeah. you know, going down the field and everything was precise and and right on the money. And and maybe that might not be the case. Maybe we see Jake Browning throwing some some, uh, you know, one on one Hail Mary type balls to T Higgins. And, and if he gets single coverage or some balls that just maybe right aren't right on the money to Jamar Chase. And he makes some of these ridiculous, incredible catches and uh, just the, the plays he can make with his feet scrambling around. And I, I don't want I don't to say the Bengals offense got boring, but there was a there was just this. I don't I don't even know what the word is. Just this precision to it where, you know, yeah. just take the take the short gains, move your way down the field. Um, and, and I think we might see some more explosives. I, I've, I've got it written down here and I can't remember. I hope I can find it. But um, Browning averaged 10.4 yard attempts, or I'm sorry, 10.5 air yards mm. per attempt in that Baltimore game. Joe Burrow never in his yeah. career averaged that for any game, even that first year with Jamar when they were throwing all those deep balls. Yeah. So I, he's not afraid to take shots down the field. And part of that was because they were behind and you got, you got to kind of take those shots. But still, I, I think the – Maybe the overall consistency is not going to be there, but the wow factor, yeah. I think, increases with with the unpredictability of him and 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 what this off the, the weapons that he has around him. Yeah, my second one is kind of along those same lines. In that, I think this is Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan's time to shine. I think if you would ask most non-Bengals fans around the NFL about Zach Taylor, I think they would say he is just lucky to have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and, and all the weapons. And they, you know, they got to the Super Bowl because they have good players and maybe there's something to that, but guess what? He has a time. He has the chance to change that narrative. Now. I think he absolutely does. If the, if Jake Browning can look even decent over the rest of this season, I think Zach Taylor's kind of standing around the NFL will go up. And what you talked about, I think there's a chance that they could get more creative on offense because they're going to have to do some things to generate some yardage and some points especially if Jake Browning goes out there and proves that he's not capable of running this offense as is. The Bengals staff says that he can do that. If mm-hmm. he can, I think they might have to get a little more creative. I think they could have to use his mobility, um, whether that means design runs or, to, or just scrambles. I, I think that's going to be have to be something they use. I think they could even find some some parts of their offense, maybe going under center more and, and other things that – things that make things a little simpler that even when Joe Burrow comes back, they could keep using in the offense, right? You've seen other coaches around this league win games with backup quarterbacks. I think it's time for the Bengals to join that cohort and and show that they can do a little something, even when Joe Burrow is not there or at full strength that they, that they can go out and win a game with someone else under center. So I think it's Zach Taylor's time. Yeah, it's house money. Everybody yeah. expects him to fall apart and not make the playoffs. And if it happens and you're like, well, that's he lost Joe Burrow. That's what yeah. do you expect. And if they do make a run, then it's like, hey, you know, maybe this guy can coach. I, I mean, yeah, I don't get it. You don't go to back to back AFC championship games and a Super Bowl uh, on the backs of a quarterback. It, 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 it doesn't take away from how good Joe Burrow has been in those seasons. But there's a lot more that goes into being a coach than than just the play calling it's yeah. building this culture and and just everything that they've i mean they've risen this this franchise from the ashes and and that doesn't happen by accident you don't luck into that um so you know i i, I get it there's there's all these 
wildly creative play callers in the league yeah. now doing all this crazy motion. And it's not like the, the Bengals don't have the capacity to do that. They just don't believe in it. They said, if you you don't just have motion to have motion, there has to be a reason behind every motion that you have. And, and they just, they, they like it the way for Burrow to get a picture. And I'm sure it's going to be the same with Jake Browning, mm-hmm. you know, get everybody in position, let him get a picture, survey what's going to happen and then go, go hit the the best yeah. receiver or make the best play, whether, you know, you've got a run pass option, whatever it is. So I, I agree with you. This is uh, house money is the way I would describe yeah, this right now. Definitely. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to skip ahead and, and go to my third one real quick because it's in the same vein. I think overall, there are a lot of people on this team that still have a lot to play for. And I'll get into some of those later, but I think at the top of that list might be Brian Callahan that we just talked about and Lou Anarumo. Mm-hmm. I mean, both of these guys interviewed for head coaching jobs last year. If, if the Bengals don't win another game this year, I mean, what what team out there is going to want to hire a coordinator from a team that just went five and twelve, right? That, I don't think they're going to want to. That's not how you're going to sell that to your fan base. So I think those guys have all the incentive in the world to make sure the Bengals are playing as well as they can for the rest of the season. I just went through the the league. I counted ten jobs that at least have a decent chance of being open next year: Patriots, Jets, Chargers, Raiders, Commanders, Bears. And the entire NFC South, I think, could, <laughs> could potentially replace there. That's just the ones that I think have a decent chance. There are some, maybe some other surprise. There's always a surprise yeah. firing every year. There's going to be a lot of openings, maybe the most that we've seen in a long time. If there's a chance for Callahan or Anaruma to get a job, I think this could be the year. They've got all all the incentive to keep to keep doing the best they can over the rest of the year. So I think that'll be something to watch. Yeah, and and I agree with you, and that, that kind of leads into to mine. Um, which somehow I'm on four. I don't know how you're on three, but uh, I think we had a we had a we shared one. Yeah, the Browning one. So um, the the one that I have is the the Fisher Price secondary, and, and you know, for newer <laughs> Bengal fans yeah. may not remember this nickname, but back in the twenty thousand twenty tens, and they had Dunlap and Geno Atkins, and they had all these young Michael Johnson, all these young, and it was the Fisher Price package they would bring in as their pass rush. Yeah. And now you've got it on the back end with the safeties with Dax and Jordan Battle and. Cam Taylor Britt and DJ Turner. And I just think it's, it's, it's kind of like the reds, you know, when they brought up all that, that, that young talent and really kind of took off and, you know, I'm eager to see what, what that group's going to do. It looks like Jordan battles, you know, going to get the the start and and take over for Nick Scott. And, you know, that, that could be something that it's, it's, it's a boomer bust for Lou because, you know, even if they do find their way into the playoffs, his stock may have taken a hit this year. They, you look where they rank. They're in the, the bottom three in, in explosive pass plays allowed, explosive run plays allowed, total yards allowed, passing yards, all that. So that, that it, the, his age works against him, and now this little step backward works yeah. against him. And if they somehow figure out a way to, to fight their way into the playoffs and that defense gets better playing all these young kids, then, then that, that really looks good on his resume. But just beyond that, just seeing those guys grow and – Anytime you have a, a team that's in a, a situation like this where where maybe they're out of the running or close to out of the running, you want to see the future. And and so I'm really intrigued to see what that's going to look like. I don't know that we're going to see DJ Turner totally take over for Chidobe Awuzie. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's going to stay a platoon, um, but it's, it's it's still slanting more towards DJ's job. But I, I think we are going to see Jordan Battle start. Um, this Sunday and, and potentially for the rest of the year. And, you know, Cam Taylor Britt has, has made a great leap in year two. And yeah. I just, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch that secondary and what they can do because pass rush hasn't been great this year, but you know, it's, it's been, it's been good with Trey Hendrickson. And now if you get Sam Hubbard back and, you know, it seems like they're, they're working miles Murphy's showing a little growth and Joseph Mustai mm-hmm. linebackers are great. That's the one question on this team is, is the, the secondary and the, the communication back there and the execution, a lot of missed tackles with that group. And if you see that secondary come along, I think that that really gives you um, a lot of faith and a lot of hope for next year to, to have that group come back in its entirety. Maybe not Mike Hilton, maybe not Chidobe. We'll see how those guys yeah. play out. But that young core uh, really can be the future of this defense moving forward. Yeah, that was definitely on my list. Just let the young guys play. Let's see mm-hmm. what these young guys can do. 
you mentioned it on defense and in the secondary. I think well, I think we'll see a lot more Miles Murphy as the season goes on. Maybe more Cam Sample. Maybe more Joseph Osai. You know, he's still got another mm-hmm. another year left on his contract. And then I think you look at the offensive side of the ball too, right? Chase Brown is, is yeah. designated to return from IR. I think that Bengals have to see what Chase Brown can do over yeah. the rest of this season. We, we've we've seen enough Trevion Williams. We've seen enough Chris Evans. We, we might have seen enough Joe Mixon, honestly, mm-hmm. I, I, to see. I don't think you want to go into next offseason thinking, you know, what's our running back situation? Do we need to draft a guy high? Do we need to cut Mixon and, and sign, a, sign a veteran? At least know what you have in Chase Brown, right, to, to cut in next offseason. I think you could say the same thing about the receivers too. Let's see Charlie Jones play in, in the slot. Tyler Boyd's a free agent after this year. Let's mm-hmm. see Charlie Jones play a third of the snaps. Maybe maybe if the season gets out of hands, a half the snaps or something like that. You're never going to bench Tyler Boyd, obviously, but let Charlie Jones get some snaps. Let Yoshivas get some snap on the outside, maybe on the inside too, and see what he can do. Let Tanner Hudson, he's not a young, young guy exactly, but you know, he's a guy that maybe could could get more involved in this offense. There are a lot of guys on this team, I think especially if the Bengals lose a couple of games coming up here and the season looks like it's going down the drain. You're not losing anything by letting these young guys play and see what you have going into next season. Yeah, and uh, a fantasy alert. I I love this. Anytime you have a backup quarterback, if you can get the that guy's tight end, it's mm. just a safety blanket. And, you know, Jake Browning and Tanner Hudson have a lot of reps together on the practice squad. And and we saw that. He, I mean, he leaned on him and that he went to him. Yeah. A few times in that yeah. Baltimore game, and and Hudson's coming along anyhow. It seemed like Joe Burrow was starting to get him more involved. So uh, I can see him having a, a big finish to this year. And the Chase Brown thing, I'm, I'm writing about that later today. I talked mm-hmm. to him yesterday, and everybody, Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, were talking about they had a huge, not I want to say huge, but they had a significant package for him in that San Francisco game. And that he got hurt on that Thursday yeah. of practice. And it, it really kind of threw him, you know, they, they were really, they were slowly working him in. And that was going to be the big jump. Um, he says he feels great. They say he looks great. A lot of times they open that practice window and it's, they kind of ease him in for one week. Yeah. The following. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play against Pittsburgh. Um, so I, I do, I, I, I'm excited to see what, what he can do because you mentioned it. We, we, we know what Travion is. We know what Chris Evans is. We know what Joe Mixon used to be, uh, and he's not anymore. And he looked great in that Baltimore game. But uh, on a consistent basis, yeah. um, I, I just don't know that he's got it to, to finish off this season without that help. And I, I think we are going to see a lot of Chase Brown. And um, it's going to be fun to watch because, you know, he's he's got some real explosion. You're, you're yeah. used to the, the Joe Mixon, more of the power, running over people not running away from him. If, if, yeah. if, Chase, if Chase Brown gets in the open field, he's going to dust people. Um, so I, I, I am really looking forward to how that plays out. Same here. I was, tra- did Charlie, Charlie Jones waited one week, right? After he was a designated to return, I think one week of practice and then came back. I, I it was, say. it was two. Cause you had yeah. the, well, no, it was, but he didn't come back the first game. Right. So yeah, yeah no, it I wasn't think, the first game. And, but yeah, Chase Brown seems like he's a little more ready to, to get back on the field. So I think we, I think you're right. We could see him see him against the Steelers. All right. My number four, I said I was going to get pessimistic. This is just a little bit of pessimism, but it comes with with maybe some treasure at the end of the rainbow here. If the Bengals don't win another game, they could have a very, very high draft pick in next year in the 2024 NFL (laughs) draft. They've got five wins right now. If they don't win another game, if they finish five and 12, they could end up with the fourth, fifth, sixth pick in next year's draft. Um, I'm sure most of you are aware if you're watching this podcast that there's an Ohio State receiver named Marvin Harrison Jr. who is available <laughs> at the top of next year's draft, who would be a very nice replacement for Mr. T. Higgins. Uh, there's Brock Bowers, the tight end, who I think would would fit in very well in this offense. There are several offensive linemen available. I'm, I'm not a draft expert, so I'm going off of our amazing draft colleagues' rankings uh, of who's available next year. There's a lot of positions the Bengals could target. Um Listen, I'm not rooting for the Bengals to lose. I We talked about I don't think the Bengal anyone should be at that point yet. But I don't blame anyone if if the season gets a few games, or we get a, a few games more in the season here, the Bengals lose a couple more games. I wouldn't blame anyone if they start hoping for a good draft position as the season goes on. I think you have to be careful about that, though, because much of this team is going to be back next year with Joe Burrow under center. 
I think you have to worry a little bit about team morale and about how the locker room is if they start losing games. And, you know, a lot of this a lot of this team hasn't experienced these long losing streaks that the Bengals have had in, in prior seasons. Is a guy like Jamar Chase going to be OK if the Bengals are five and ten, five and eleven? Mm-hmm. What's he going to be like? You know, how's that going to affect the locker room? So I think it's OK from a fan perspective <laughs> later in the season to start thinking about draft position. I, I would be surprised I don't think the the locker room is going to get to that point where they're just looking forward to next season, though. No, the the two guys on this team that have experience with with dark days and losing seasons, Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, aren't yeah. going to be here next year. So true, uh, you don't have to worry about that. I, I I mean, I don't. It, mine wasn't so much about draft position. I I, I don't think they're. You're not going to see them lose out. I, I don't think you're going to see them have a you know a, a terrible record where they're picking that high in the draft. But I did have a reason to keep watching. So you guys can have more informed mock drafts because that's what ha- I mean. If you're watching yeah. them and they're losing, and there's obviously going to be needs if, if, they, yeah, yeah, if yeah. they lose a lot. And, and so, where do they go? Not so much the players, but what position? What? What? Yes. Where do they target in the draft? And um, it's time to evaluate. It's, yeah. it's definitely time to evaluate. Yeah. I mean, I've done many mock drafts in December before. That's the, that used to be <laughs> yes, the, the way of the life. Uh, you know, covering the Bengals for for several years and. Um, it, it's just, it's something that there's a, a lot of different directions they could go. Um, and that's why if, if you want to actively participate in mock drafts and a lot of people do, then you need to, you need to watch and, and mm-hmm. see what's going on with the team and, and see which of these young guys are improving and giving you hope and where you're ready to cut bait on certain positions sure. and say, Hey, we need to, we need to go target that position. So, um, there, there's, there's a lot of reasons to keep watching. Um, and, and I, I kind of say it flippantly to, to improve your mock drafts, but really, I mean, there are some serious fans out there that, that really dive into this stuff. Oh, and, yeah. um, I, I, I think that's, that's another reason if, if, if you don't have any hope for them winning, you should still have hope for 2024. And, and that's where it starts is kind of looking ahead and assessing what they have, what's coming back and what they need. What is your fifth and final reason to keep watching these 2023 Cincinnati Bengals? Well, I mean, that, that was it. I don't know. Cause we had, we shared, all right, I've got a few more. And, I have a few yeah. more. Okay. I, I wasn't, I was not prepared. It's like high school all, right. all over again. All I, didn't, right, Jay. I didn't do the extra I'll, credit. I'll take over. I'll handle this. <laughs> all right. I've got a couple other ones. So, yeah, talking about what needs the Bengals are going to have in 2024, there's a lot of guys fighting for big contracts on this team. We T. Higgins, Jonah Williams, DJ Reader, Cheeto, Tyler Boyd, Irv Smith, Tanner Hudson. Again, I keep mentioning Tanner Hudson. There's lots of guys who are fighting for contracts, and I don't think a lot of them will be re-signing with the Bengals next season. Maybe one of them. Maybe the Bengals can re-sign one of Jonah or T. or Reader or Cheeto or one of the, I, I don't know. I don't know how the Bengals are going to approach this group of veterans heading into next season. But I think all these guys obviously are going to be targeting relatively big contracts next year. And I think, you know, I think you do have to feel bad for T. Higgins. Not only has he been injured this season on multiple occasions, but now if and when he does return, he's not going to be catching passes from Joe Burrow. He's going to be catching passes from Jake Browning. His stats are not going to look that great heading into free agency next year. I I don't know. I, I don't know how that's going to affect his free agent stock because obviously teams have seen his statistics in pre- previous seasons. They've got tape on him. They know he's capable of being a wide receiver one, but you never want to have this type of season in, in your platform kind of contract year. So I think that's pretty unfortunate for him. But I think watching these guys, this, this set of veterans and see how they progress throughout the rest of the year will be interesting and see how they approach next year's market. It'd be unfortunate for the Bengals too, because if, if, if it does cost T money, I mean, that's the comp fix factor into how, how big of a contract these guys sign. So, you know, you, you would think a guy like T Higgins would be a lock to be one of those top comp picks and yeah. a third rounder. And, you know, if, if his down stats and injuries this year cost him, it could yeah. slip to being like a fourth rounder for the Bengals that they get in a comp pick for him if they don't resign him, which I don't expect mm-hmm. them to, but, but yeah, that's, it's something that is is unfortunate. I, I do, you know, a lot of times you talk about contract years and guys put up big stats in those years, but I, I think T's got enough of a, a history where I, mm-hmm. I think teams are going to be trying to sign him on potential rather yes. than 2023 performance. 
I would agree. And there are so many teams that need a wide receiver yeah. like him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Carolina Panthers could back up the Brinks truck for Deacons. I mean, they mm-hmm. need someone to help Bryce Young. And we could say that about any number of teams. I do think even if T's numbers fall off a little bit, I think Jonah Williams will absolutely get the Bengals a third round comp pick um, if they don't re-sign him. I mean, he's I think he's the best offensive tackle on the market. I think he will be the highest paid free agent offensive tackle next offseason. I think that'll get the Bengals a really nice pick. Um, just a couple more I had for the for why to keep watching the Bengals. They can they can play spoiler. Why not? They've still got two games against the Steelers. They still have one game against the Browns. I mean, maybe maybe you're the type of Bengals fan that's going to root for the Steelers or root for the Browns or the Ravens or root for another AFC North team to succeed if the Bengals aren't going to be the ones doing it. Maybe you're the type of team that likes Schadenfreude and doesn't want those teams in the playoffs at all. Uh, they have games against the Jaguars, the Colts, the Vikings, the Chiefs. All of these teams are at least in the playoff conversation. Bengals could have a little bit of fun just knocking them out of the race and, you know, having having a little say in who gets to go to the postseason this year. So that could be fun. My last one, we might get to see AJ McCarron in a Bengals uniform on the, on the field this season. You never know. You never know, right? It it could be it could be his time to shine. Jake Browning, I think they I think the Bengals staff wants to see what he can do. If he's if he's absolutely terrible for the next two games i mean how long how long is his leash do you, i don't know if they'll how quickly they'll go to mccarran i mean he's still in the practice squad right now he's not technically mm-hmm. even on the active roster i'm assuming at some point he will be i i, I don't want to see him because that means that jake browning has probably played horrifically but it would it would certainly be interesting to see edgy mccarran back in a Bengals uniform and if it happens i will have to look up what is the the biggest gap between starts for yes. an NFL player. Cause I can't even remember what AJ's. I mean, did he start a game after he left the Bengals? I don't think he did. Oh man. I, I honestly don't know. So, Maybe it's an know, injury replacement. Yeah. I mean, so 2058 years between starts in the NFL would be pretty yeah. substantial. <laughs> uh, so, and, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, it was a, it was a game in Cincinnati against Pittsburgh that gave exactly. him his first chance when Andy broke his thumb and, and, and AJ came in in that game and they, they didn't lose that game or they didn't win that game, but then he went out and won his, he won his uh, NFL starting debut the following week. Mm-hmm. So um, some, some strange parallels uh, w- and with him, AJ's locker being right next to Jake Browning's. And, yeah. Um, I'm sure he will, you know, Joe Burrow is going to be his number one help, but I, I sure AJ can give him a lot of advice too, about being the guy that has to replace the guy uh, yeah. for a team with all these hopes um, it's, 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 you know, it goes beyond the X's and O's and knowing the playbook. There's, there's a mentality that goes into kind of taking on this position. I think Jake's ready for it, but I think having Joe Burrow and AJ McCarron in his corner are is certainly going to help. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would definitely agree. AJ McCarron did start a game in 2020 for the Houston Texans. Okay. I believe that, I think it was a meaning, sorry, 2019, he started the final regular season game for the Houston Texans. I think, I, be, I believe that was a meaningless game. So just, they, they benched mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson and let uh, let Adrian McCarron play. So it's only been four years that it's, uh, until he's been on the field. And he did attempt to pass in 2020, one, one completion for <laughs> for 20 yards. So, you know, there's there's something to go on there. Um, so that, that, that wraps it up for our reasons to keep watching the Bengals. I mean... If you're watching this show, I'm assuming you're going to keep watching the Bengals. So maybe yeah. you don't need us to tell. And we're obviously going to keep watching. So we'll, we'll be here all season. Let's get into this Week 12 game, Jay. The Bengals will kick off their post-Joe Burrow life against a, a familiar opponent, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the first time that they've played them this season. Um, the Steelers fired their offensive coordinator this morning, which uh, you know I think was probably a long time coming. I've written about Matt Canada several times this year. It's just been... Really hard to watch that offense this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they lost to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, which the Browns obviously had a, have a great defense, so it's it's not like you expected too much out of them on, on in Week 11. Um, it, to me, it feels like I, I don't know what to expect because we don't know what the offense is going to look like. I'm assuming it'll be most of the same concepts. I mean, you're not going to change an entire offense in one in one week. To me, the entire offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers has been running through Jalen Warren, who was nominally their backup running back entering the season, but but has taken over for Najee Harris. I mean, he he generated more than half their yardage alone last week against the Browns. I mean, it's just it's incredible. Um, Jay, what do you what are your kind of main top line things you're looking at in this game? I mean, there's some injuries to talk about. We don't know if T is going to play. We don't know if Hubbard's going to play. On the other side, Mika Fitzpatrick has missed multiple games. We don't know if he's going to be be available. 
this is a this is a weird version of Steelers Bengals that we're coming on this week. So what what are your main thoughts on this game? Yeah, well, I mean that the the question mark with their offense, it, it's it's just weird that they why did they wait till Tuesday to fire yeah, Matt Canada? Why wasn't it Monday? It almost feels like you know someone above Mike Tomlin forced his hand, or yeah. you know maybe it was some of the the, the Pittsburgh players speaking out yesterday, and he, yeah. he realized he had no choice. But it is it's a huge wild card, and I always I always say if if you want to make money betting on sports, you just bet a hundred dollars on a team the week, the game after they fire a coach, whether yeah. it's a head coach or a major co- like coordinator like that. Cause there is, there's this whole new juice that comes with that. And um, so I think that's a scary proposition for the Bengals where, you know, it felt like Canada was kind of coaching not to get fired yes. and, and not taking any chances. And now you're going to have a new guy come in and trying to prove himself. And I think you could see this Pittsburgh offense, open things up and, and we know the Bengals have had trouble stopping explosive plays. So I, I think there is a real concern there. Um, another thing, and you touched on it earlier about how Jonah Williams might be the best free agent tackle uh, in the class this year. I mean, this is the red letter game for him. We, we, you know, TJ Watt lines up on the left side yeah. and Jonah Williams hasn't gone against TJ Watt a lot because he's always been on the left tackle. Now he's going to go against him every single play. And if, if he can have a, a good game against TJ Watt, that, that's going to go a long. Huge. It's going to go a long yeah. way in helping the Bengals win. First of all, it's going to go a long way in helping Jonah Williams get a big yeah. time paycheck. Um, and I, 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 they're going to need it because as, as much as Jake Browning can scramble around and avoid sacks, he can't be running for his life all day. And it, and it's not just T.J. Watt. It's Alex Highsmith. And it's Cam Hayward. And you know this. This Bengals offensive line as a whole is going to have to really step up and, mm-hmm. and try to keep some of the heat off of Jake Browning. Um, and then the, the other thing I, I, I do want to see is, you know, I, we don't know yet, but it feels like it's going to be a, a chance for, for Chase Brown to get involved. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. And the other thing is Jordan Battle. I talked about it yes. earlier. He's probably going to get the start. He looked great. Ten tackles, led the team. Um, that, that was one of the big things is – um, is a, it wasn't so much, they love his knowledge. They, they love his football smarts and his, the, how fast he picked up play. all that has been great, but he has struggled executing. I mean, he took mm-hmm. down Lamar in the open field. He, he, I mean, he played really good in that game. And, you know, if, if Pittsburgh doesn't all of a sudden turn into this, this, this yeah. air picket machine, they're going to lean on Najee and they're going to lean on Jalen Warren. And you're going to need that run supporting safety help from a guy like Jordan battle. Mm-hmm. So big game for him as well. The Steelers did something really interesting. Like they, so they promoted their running backs coach to become their offensive coordinator, but they promoted their quarterbacks coach to the play caller role. I mm. what what a weird setup. I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I remember the Dolphins had like co-offensive coordinators a few years ago, but I, it's so it's very strange to have one guy with a coordinator title, but then another guy who's kind of who's calling the plays. That's a, it's, it'll be an interesting setup. Um, like a Deion Sanders thing. I mean, what what the heck are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't wait to see Jordan Battle in the in the full time as a full time starter. I mean, we've talked about Nick Scott so much on this show, and I'm not trying to blame every defensive issue the Bengals had have had this season on Nick Scott. Obviously, it's an 11 person defense, but he's had a lot of rough moments, a lot yeah. of rough moments. And you know, we've mentioned it. He's 28 years old. He's not exactly a long term piece. He, he's on a cheap contract. The, the Bengals could move on next year. At this point, I. I think they got to think that's probably likely. I mean, yeah. you're not going to want to pay a guy $4 million who's not going to start. And they drafted Jordan Battle for a reason. He's a third-round pick. I think you're mostly expecting third-round picks to start in the NFL. So I, I'm i very excited to see him, and, and not just him, but how he kind of meshes with Daxton Hill and how he's able to manage that communication and passing off routes and coverage and kind of handling the back-end responsibilities. I mean, this is going to be our kind of – preview of what the Bengals safety combination could be for you hope the next two three four years right you're mm-hmm. hoping this is our kind of first version and debut of the future Jesse Bates and Von Bell right that's what you're yeah. hoping for so we'll, we'll see we'll see how that goes um Jay I, I know you've got you've got some stats I, I heard that Jay used to have stats maybe Jay <laughs> still does have stats oh I still do I think he still has stats you, you sent me a uh, an excel document this week that was laden with some QB stats um, but our stats today are, are on on the Bengals jerseys Jay so what do, what do you have on those on those orange jerseys the Bengals are going to wear this week so it it's insane I started tracking this because I, I I noticed that 
it seemed like every time they wore orange, they won. Um, so I went back through all the files and looked at the games where they wore orange jerseys and they're, they're 27, eight and one when they wear oh, orange jerseys. Um, and, and they're, they're 10 and one when they wear the orange jerseys with the black pants. And they didn't used to do that. They, mm. they did it. They did it in a Oh, four. They did it once against Cleveland. Oh five. They did it once against Cleveland. Um, won both of those games and the front office didn't like that look. They didn't like, they, they thought it was like too pumpkin-y or I, I don't, it, it just, <laughs> there was something that the front office didn't like about that. Um, too and then, pumpkin-y. Yeah. I mean, cause it's like pumpkins are orange. There's no, I don't get where the black comes from, but <laughs> so they, it was 2016 before they went back to that combination and it was the players wanted it and Marvin Lewis convinced the front office and, and they did it. They, they went, uh, it was a game against Philadelphia, and they won. And, and they're ten and one now when they wear the orange jerseys and black pants combination. <laughs> and so you're thinking, okay, well, maybe it's coincidence, and they only wear these jerseys when they're playing bad teams. Yeah. Uh, the last three games where they've worn orange jerseys, black pants, were against the nine and two Chiefs in 2022, the eleven and four Chiefs in 2021. And the five, four, and one Steelers in 2021. Um, also against the Steelers were eleven and two in 2020 when Ryan Finley of all people <laughs> yeah. beat the Steelers on Monday yes. Night Football. It's, I, I don't know why. I I, I almost I hesitate. I, I would like to ask the players, but it, if, it it seems so trivial, especially at this point when you're dealing with losing Burrow. And but there's there's got to be some rhyme or reason. How why are they so good in this uniform combination? It's just it's it, and and you it, think about their other alternate jersey, the white Bengal look. They they always win in that too. So I don't I don't know what it is, but it's it, it's really it's strange. It's five straight overall in orange jerseys, and you know they that they they don't do this like on a whim. It's it's pre planned out before yeah. the season even starts. Um, so it's not like they're trying to get this this extra juice with the orange this week with the, with a new quarterback, but. It's just, I don't know, of all the stats I have, sometimes you can find rhyme and reason for it. This one I don't understand. If you want if you want grades from PFF, they have that. If you want DVOA, Aaron Schatz has that. Yeah. If you want a p- opponent-adjusted uh, uniform combination stats, then you come to Jay Morrison at PFN yeah. for that. that. That's where you go for that. that that's incredible. So I think we can lock up we can lock up the win then this week. I don't even think we need to talk about it. If they're wearing orange, it's over, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I also have a database with uh, their their record in primetime games, which I touched on last week. I have a I have a database with their record with every announcer combination. I just I like <laughs> I like to track that stuff. People find like it interesting. Numbers. There's yeah. obviously a difference between coincidence and causation. I'm not saying that, but it's when it gets like that when you're talking 27 8 and 1 yeah. 10 and 1 it, that, that's why i keep this kind of stuff because sometimes yeah. you you find fun numbers like that that you just can't explain absolutely all right let's get into our bets and predictions for the week jay um i don't think i did very well on my bets last week you it's it, it makes no sense because we do an internal you know picks picks and predictions every week and not to brag but i'm dominating that jay i'm dominating that <laughs> I don't understand how how these picks are, are so wrong every week. There's no um, point spreads in that, right? That, okay, fine. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, do you want to recap how we did last week, and then we'll get into our bets for this week? Yeah. So, um, man, I, I saw you know ESPN bet refunded all the the borough props. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I would like to make an executive decision and refund my Mark Andrews anytime <laughs> touchdown. I, I lost that one. Yeah. Uh, but I did have Eagles plus three last night. So I split for the week. Um, you had Bengals plus three and a half, took that one on the chin. You had Dolphins minus 12. They only won by seven. Uh, so you lost both of yours. Uh, Brian had Panthers plus 10 and a half, didn't cover, but he did do a two team teaser with the Eagles and Dolphins. And so he, he, he covered that one. So, uh, Brian remains in the league at minus 10. Uh, I'm in second at minus 22. And uh, you, you're getting close to parlay time. Uh, you're, you're minus 60. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> let's get things back on track here. For my non-Bengals bet of the week, I'm just going to take an easy one. I, I think this should be an easy one. 
LA Rams are only favored by a half a point against the Cardinals. It's in Arizona. I know Kyler Murray's back, but and, and I know Cooper Cup might not play for the Rams too. It, it to me that doesn't matter. I think if Matthew Stafford and Puka Nakua are playing, I think the Rams are so much better talent wise than, than the Cardinals. And I half a point that's that's crazy to me. I'll take the Rams. Hmm. I don't know. I'm, Kyler Murray's taken my fantasy team to the to the promised land. I took a chance on him, and he finally came back. And I'm rolling now. I I, I like the Cardinals in that one. Um, my my non uh, Bengals win. I'm taking Denver minus two and a half against Cleveland. Mm. Uh, Cleveland is just even with Deshaun. They were just a different team on the road than they are at home. Uh, and Denver's really got something cooking now. Yeah. Um, I I just I, I think. I think Denver is going to take down the Browns in Denver this week. Um, for Brian, he went Raiders plus nine and a half. Um, and again, I, don't, I always forget to write down who they're playing. Um, oh, Chiefs. They're playing, playing the Chiefs. The they're hosting yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah. So, um, and then he's got, so he said Steelers plus one. I, I found Bengals minus one. Um, or he had, yeah, he had Steelers plus one. I moved it to a pick'em game because I I, mm. I I saw Bengals minus one, Steelers minus one. It was just it was kind of all over the board where that one yeah, is. So I, yeah. I just moved it to a pick'em game because I'm using that for my Bengals bet. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a parlay and I'm gonna bump the Steelers to plus six, mm. and then I'm gonna knock the the Lions down to minus one and a half on Thanksgiving against Green Bay. I just I don't know they I, the Lions have something going, yeah. um, and it seems like every year. For the longest time on Thanksgiving, they would be underdogs, and you would you would still bet them because they're used sure. to playing on Thanksgiving and getting the points. And now they're the favorite, and I just it feels like only giving up a point and a half to the Packers feels like stealing money. So, yeah. um, and I, I don't see this Bengals Steelers game being a six point game one way or the other. So that, that's going to be my my Bengals bet. Okay, my Bengals bet. I couldn't even find the number. I kind of forgot to look it up. I'm going to take the over on the Jake Browning rushing yards. Okay. <laughs> whatever that number is I, I think that'll be whether he scrambles or whether that's like a designed part of the Bengals offense I think that'll be something that they that they use on Sunday um yeah. for my Bengals prediction I had, I had a real hard time with this one for obvious reasons you know I think mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be close either way it's just so hard to say it's so hard to to evaluate what Jake Browning is going to be able to do in a, in a full complete NFL game on the other hand, the Steelers just don't look good ever. I know their record is is what it is, but I know and I know they have the Mike Tomlin magic and maybe they have the the Fire Matt Canada bump. I get all that. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I'm going to go Bengals 17, Steelers 13. I could easily see that score being flipped, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think it'll be low scoring. I, I think the Bengals could find a way. Maybe they'll get that that post Joe Burrow kind of wave of energy and kind of get over the top. That's my prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way though. I, I so much want to say 10, 10 tie, <laughs> but I cannot, I just yeah. can't bring myself to predict a tie. Cause I'm, I'm six and four on my picks this year. You're five and five. So I need to kind of, I don't want to yeah. just the, the odds of a tie actually hitting are, are pretty remote. So uh, I'm not going to go that way. I'm, I'm going to go Bengals. I'm, I'm going to go 13 to 10 Bengals. I think they, they figure out enough ways to make some plays. I'm I'm not convinced that the the change in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's it's still it's still Kenny Pickett throwing the ball, and yeah. and I'm not I'm not bought in yet on on what he can be. Uh, and I, I think they can get better with the change, but I don't think it's going to be an instant thing where they all of a sudden look like a new offense uh, on Sunday, even though they're playing a Bengals team that gives up a lot of explosives. So yeah. uh, I'm going to go 13-10. Evan McPherson at the gun. I love it. I think we're on the same page. I think we're on the same page in this one. And it's either way, it's going to be interesting to watch, right? It's going to be interesting yeah. to see how what this team does without Joe Burrow. We'd all love to see Joe Burrow be back under center, but let's let's accept with the reality and let, let's move forward and let's enjoy what, what we have on Sunday. Uh, anything else, Jay, before, before we sign off? Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We're not going to talk to anyone before Thanksgiving. Hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy all that football, which I will be, and including on Black Friday this year for the first time. Uh, Jay, any th- anything before we sign off? Yeah, just uh, going back, kind of what we talked about with the, the draft and, and getting a better draft pick. And um, can everybody please just stop with the just tank, just tank and get a better draft pick? That's that's not how football works. P- 
players and coaches don't tank. Front offices do with the decisions they make. First of all, this front office is never going to tank. They are not going to tank when they're five and five with the, with seven games to go. Players can't tank. You, you go out and play this game not at a hundred percent. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get embarrassed. Yep. Um, it's just I don't know. I, I keep seeing that on my feed. People saying just tank, throw it away, get a better draft pick. It's just not how it works. This team is. They're going to play as hard and try as hard and fight as hard, all that kind of stuff, as they would if Joe Burrow was still in there. Maybe they don't win as much. Mm-hmm. Probably they don't. But no one in that organization is thinking about draft pick right now. They are thinking about winning football games, and that's not going to change. Every player's – what they put on tape is their resume. And yeah. they're not going to to give that up or, or, or take it on the chin or anything, do anything that could affect how each player individually stands in the NFL. They're not going to do that. So I don't see anyone in this team giving up. I don't see this anyone in this franchise giving up over the rest of the season. We'll just have to see how it play out starting on Sunday. Jay, uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Everyone listening, you have too. a great Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Make sure you check out all of Jay's coverage of Pro Football Network, all of our NFL coverage, our fantasy coverage, our draft coverage, our betting coverage. Make sure you read everything. Uh, We will be back next week to talk about this Bengals-Steelers game. Take care.